This podcast is supported by Red Energy, powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy. Red is 100% Australian owned and local. Phone 131 806. I'm Jo Stanley, and for years I woke up at an ungodly hour to do breakfast radio. These days, though, my lack of sleep comes from being a mum. Like most parents, I'm just trying to get through the day without yelling at my kid and laugh crying in the middle of the shops. And if I can juggle my career and still get my daughter to eat broccoli every now and then, I'm awarding myself Mother of the Year. I mean, we're all different, but the parenting roller coaster is the same. Sharing our stories of the highs and the lows is so important because it's a lot easier to enjoy this crazy ride when we know we're all in this together. Welcome to Mum Plus One, thanks to Red Energy. Great value electricity and gas, that's Red Energy. When we were in ISO and we were all playing cards and doing jigsaws or bike riding with our kids, wasn't it fun? I felt like the best parent ever. I was funny, calm, creative. I would literally burst into song with my kid. I was like Mary Poppins, except she was a governess with magic powers and not a mother at all. But you get the idea. It was easy to be the fun mum, though, because the busyness of life had been stripped away and there's pretty much nothing else to do. But now the new normal is slowly going back to the old normal. I'm already returning to exasperated, frustrated, time poor, stressed out me. And I don't want to. I mean, I didn't volunteer for this job to hate it. How can I enjoy being a parent again? Georgina Manning is a psychotherapist who has created a program called Peaceful Parents to help parents be... Well, I'm guessing more peaceful. <laughs> Hello, Georgina. Hi. Georgina, why do we forget how to enjoy being a parent? What gets in the way? I think just life, just the busyness and the, you know, all managing um, all of the struggles that we have, you know, work and then after school activities, um, often, you know, the two parents working. And it's just that to-do list, you know. Mm. I think, you know, a lot of parents say they're so caught up in that to-do list that, living, I like to call it, you know, five steps ahead, which is you're doing something, but you're just on autopilot because your mind's just going to those next five things that we have to do. And so it's just like, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. And our mind goes to that just to feel in control of our lives. And is that why I feel like I'm always running? Like even if I'm actually physically mm. still, I feel like I'm running. Yeah, because it's the mind that's taking you there. That's right. Because where our mind goes and, you know, if we're thinking and projecting into the future, that can often make us feel anxious, which mm. then activates the stress response. Yes. So we can be sitting in, you know, this beautiful, peaceful environment, say out in your back garden, you've got the birds going and everything's beautiful, the sun's shining, but we've got our heart racing and because we're thinking about all these things that we have to do and we have to get done. So we're sort of in survival mode, mm. which is... The, you know, I'm thinking, how do I get all these things done so I don't have any threats? So we're, we're sort of thinking about and connecting to all those threats as such, you know, the modern day threats. Yes. Mm. Um, so if we're in survival mode, is that why we lose our temper? Is that why we're um, perhaps not as calm in responding to our kids? Or, you know, I feel like mm. we're just missing the moments mm, that definitely. make parenting great. Joyful, yeah. Yeah. So when, when we're 
do have the stress response activated. What that means is we, we don't think clearly. We're not present moment focused. We're usually future moment focused and we're thinking about a threat. So whether it's a real threat or um, a perceived threat, that will activate the stress response and that stops us being calm, curious, joyful, empathic, compassionate to others, compassionate to ourselves because literally those parts of our brain are not activated well. They're not engaged. So it's really we've got this old part of our primitive part of our brain activated. So even if everything looks all right on the on the outside, so that's that can take us from those joyful moments because we're just we're focusing on all of those things, and they don't don't even have to be awful things. It can just be that you've got twenty things to do over two days, and you really only have the capacity to do five. Mm. So it's not so much the threats might be uh, great threats or detrimental in any sense if you just put them all singularly, you know, wrote them all down. But it's just when we have so much to do that, um, and we know that we have to get through, the brain sees that as a threat to our survival. Right. So when my daughter says to me, mom, can I bake some muffins? And my immediate response (laughs) is, oh my God, I'm so busy and I can't handle the mess Mm. in the kitchen. And I really hate the fact that when you say, can I bake muffins? That means I have to bake the muffins. (laughs) And then you say you'll clean up after yourself and then you never do because (laughs) an 11 year old doesn't really know how to clean. That's my immediate response. Yeah. Because it's another thing on the to-do list, right? Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, But I want to be a different parent. Mm. I want to step into the joy of making muffins with her. Yeah. Yeah, I really get that. Um, And as a parent myself, and, you know, I I discovered mindfulness about 15 Mm. years ago. And, you know, when we think of mindfulness, we can think of mindfulness sort of in the formal sense of... um, meditation but what we're talking about here is like mindful parenting which Mm. is just bringing that informal present moment focus to the activities that we're doing and I I don't think there's any greater space in our lives and to bring mindfulness than it is into parenting because the effects are just enormous and so and can be so positive for ourselves as parents but also for our children as well. Mm. I am a huge fan of mindfulness. Mm. I too discovered it about 15 years ago. So (laughs) so we're about 15 years old each (laughs) when it comes to our mindful self. Mm. Um, And it has saved me as a parent on many occasions. Mm. Um, And I think what you talk about when you speak about present moment awareness, um, it has helped me with that to-do list because you can't take that to-do list away. Mm, It never goes away. And have you ever completed everything on your to-do list? No. So it never happens. Because we add to it. Yeah, we keep on it. That's exactly right. (laughs) So we're just adding more each day. Yeah. So I like to, you know, sort of think of it as, you know, at what stage will we ever get through this to-do list? We won't. We know there's always things on there. Mm. So what we can do, like, you know, from a practical perspective and also, you know, sort of from a, uh, I suppose, philosophical perspective, is is just sort of knowing that that to-do list is always going to be there. And then we bring that intentional focus back to the activity that we're doing. For example, the muffins. (laughs) And... Uh, we bring, we have that intention, which is an awareness that, oh, okay, I'm noticing my mind's going to all these things that I've got to do. Okay, I, I know I can get back to that. I'm going to switch my awareness to now, to be here now. Mm. So I think that the intention's important, but also mindfulness starts with awareness. So it's mm. a being aware of our own reactions and our thoughts, which yes. is, oh, gosh, how am I going to get through this to do this? How am I going to get through all these things that I need to do before tomorrow? It's only 7 o'clock and I really just want to collapse on the couch. And <laughs> So it's about, yeah. um, you know, carving out that time, but also those moments that are spontaneous, like you just said with your daughter, that might say, hey, you know, it's muffins now. And not that, that we can necessarily always drop everything because mm. that's not good for children either to know that. Otherwise, they become kind of the centre of attention with everything. Right, yes. But um, those, you know, joyful moments... 
that we can miss out on because of this never-ending, you know, pressure to get all these things done. And um, on that reminds me of a story I, um, I was once working with a parent and we're, we're talking about, you know, being in flow, which is just being like completely present moment focused and, you know, you're not focusing on the past or the future and you're just really in flow with our kids as a parent and the children. And she decided that what she would do is put a sign up on her front door and say, just excuse a mess in my house, we're all in flow now. Oh, I like it. it. Yeah, and she just let go of this fact that, you know, the house has to be clean, tasks have to be done because she, she realised that for her it was a really pivotal moment. She realised that she was just missing out. Mm. On so much joy and connection with her kids, and and that's what really mattered to her. Yeah, and yeah. I think recognizing patterns in your thoughts is really helpful. Like mm. I, I'm able now to know that I go to exasperated really quickly. Yeah. Like, oh, why? Yeah. Why does everything? You know, and I kind of just—it's it's like a, a almost a panic mode, I suppose based on the fact that it's not going exactly how I had planned yeah, for right. that next 10 minutes mm. or next hour or next half day. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, so I recognise that in myself now and, and I've totally given myself permission to go, oh, you don't need to follow what you had planned in the next 10 minutes. Yeah. You can let that go because if mm. it's not done, no one's going to know. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And we often bring a judgement to, to what our life or our day should look like. And mm. when we're mindful, we bring, you know, that non-judgmental awareness, which is acceptance plus also not judging what the experience should be. So, for example, I know you might have had a big day at work or something, you come home, you think that it's going to go all smoothly, we have this judgement and an expectation around the night or the afternoon. But if we're, when we're mindful, we just bring awareness to what actually is happening rather than putting it against the judgment of it's it's good or it's bad, this is better or worse than I expected. It's just being present moment focused and letting go of what those expectations might be. So it just is. Mm. It just is, yeah. So mm. we, can, we can just move into more of that being mode, mm. which is that unfolding experience. And as, as you know, you know, with children, it's nothing's ever plan and goes to plan. No. So <laughs> what so you can plan is for it not to go to plan. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and this is where you bring that, you know, attitude of mindfulness of acceptance can be yes. really helpful, which is just accepting that. You know, if our children are feeling, you know, frustrated or they're having tantrums, it doesn't mean that we have to like it, but we can bring that mindful awareness and acceptance to that moment too. Yes. Or those moments knowing that they'll pass as well. Okay, so let's break down how do we enjoy being a parent. Mm. We've spoken about <laughs> acceptance yeah. of whatever's happening in mm. that moment. Um, what other things do we can we learn to help us enjoy Enjoying, being a yeah. parent? I like to, um, when I work with parents, I, I get them to think about, you know, how do we be mindful? Um, the best way to do it is to look at what a child is doing. Mm. Look at look at young children, and then because over time they learn to become unmindful, but as adults do. But young children are in that curious, that beautiful curious, uh, you know, mo- um, experience. You know, mm. they have that attitude of curiosity and wonder and awe. You know, and the beauty of life. You know, and you see them like maybe looking at the reflection of the glass of the sun coming through and the rainbows that it creates or watching a bug, you know, crawl along a, a leaf or um, and it's watching the bug trail or playing with a pet and seeing things for the first time. And it and this is where I feel that 
if we have that intention to be able to bring that present moment focus like a curious child, we're going to enjoy it more. Mm, I, mean, I love curiosity as, mm, a, as a thing to try and it engage is. with. Yeah, because we lose touch with this as an adult. So we, lo- we lose touch of that curiosity and spon- spontaneity. You know, um, last week I was in the supermarket and I saw this little girl, she's probably about four or five, dancing down the middle of the aisle, <laughs> you know, the little tutu and she's yeah. singing and I just thought, wouldn't that be beautiful if we could all just dance down the middle of the aisle and just be spontaneous yes. and joyful and sing? Yeah, and, do you, you know, know, I actually <laughs> just said that to I, I literally just wrote a column about that because my daughter, I realised in ISO, she just, she's 11 and 11-year-olds, they just dance. That's mm. all they do. Yeah, yeah. Like if yeah, they're going through a room, they have to dance through the room. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. it just spills out of them. And I yeah, thought, it's beautiful. Well, just observing that, I mm. thought, wouldn't that be awesome if we, you know you saw someone standing at the traffic lights just go, <laughs> just I don't know, breaking into a yes. box while they're <laughs> waiting for the lights to change. That's right. It yeah, would be so great. But you're yeah. right. There's a joy in that. There is so That's much joy. Very freeing. Yeah, and really freeing. That's right. And mm. um, and it's about just getting out of our heads and into the moment mm. because. Usually what's happening right now is not really a stress for us. Sometimes it is, but usually it's out there. It's out it's up in our minds, what's going to happen next or what's happened in the past and so forth, and that activates its stress response. But in this very moment, I know it sort of sounds a bit corny, but in this very moment is where the joy lives, mm. and, it, and it is so true. And it is. You know, we can sort of like live our lives, and I'm sort of speaking a bit more philosophically here, but we can live our lives kind of wanting those peak moments, like and thinking that they're the moments that life is worth living, whereas 99.9% of our life is not full of peak moments. It's mm. of mundane moments. So if we just leave for those peak moments, we could 10 years, 20 years has gone by and we've missed our whole life or we've yes. missed our life as a parent. So even just that awareness itself, we can come back to that, giving ourselves permission to be a child as a parent. You know, so being silly with our kids, yes. dressing up, dancing, singing, you know, being, um, being curious with cooking and not worrying about how it really turns out, you know, just having fun. I think curiosity is an antidote to boredom as well. Mm, And I say this because my daughter's obsessed with Roblox and Minecraft. And the hours I have spent (laughs) listening to her tell me (laughs) about Roblox or about Minecraft... I mean, I'll never get those hours back. And I, there is no more tedious a moment than that to me. But mm. at the same time, <laughs> if I was to spend the time being curious and mm. asking questions about that and delving deeper into why it engages her and mm. understanding, really, she's passionate about this. So let me understand you and why this ignites you. Yeah. The curiosity then changes that from... I'm bored to death to, wow, I'm learning about my daughter. Yeah, that's right. And and often we can we can get caught in the boredom again when it comes back to, I've got, gosh, I've got to get all these things done, so I just want to rush through this, you know, activity or playing, whatever it is mm. with my child. And um, just to share another story, the parent, she said to me recently that she wanted to try to be more mindful when she was reading a book to her daughter when she goes to bed because she realised that she wasn't really having a lot of mindful moments. And so she changed the bedtime story to be really present, focused. And she said, number one, her daughter said to her, mum, what's wrong with you? <laughs> because suddenly you've got all these like expressions in your voice and you're like really into the story. You know? Um, you know, and then her son also said to her, mum, what's wrong with you? Something's changed. <laughs> this is in a positive way because yes, she was learning yeah. mindfulness. 
But uh, she spoke to me the week after that she'd been sort of practising, in a sense, being mindful with the, with the storybook. And she was very emotional. And she said, this is this has just been so beautiful. I can't believe how much, you know, richness there was in that storybook time mm. and realised that it didn't take any less or more time. It's just that I was really present. Yes. Because like we can spend five hours with our children, but we're not present. Yeah. So our body's there and we're just on autopilot. Or we could spend even just 15 minutes of being fully present. We both got joy, the parent and the child. And it's I like to call it like filling their cup and filling our cup. So both yeah. cups are getting filled. We don't need to have hours of it to get cups filled. It can just be smaller amounts, but it's intentional. So, for example, mm-hmm. to go back to your question before about you know, enjoying parenting more, you know, putting things aside, putting phones and everything in another room and just having that intention. It could be half an hour of playing on the floor, building Lego, for example, yeah. and just knowing, yeah, for the next 30 minutes I'm just playing Lego with my child. So we almost like say that to ourselves. You know, for the next 20 minutes we're just going to play this board game mm. and having that intention. I do think, though, you have to acknowledge sometimes you're not naturally the kind a person that enjoys. Totally. Like when, when my daughter was, mm. you know, two and three years old, I just, the playing of dollies, <laughs> I, I'm just not naturally into yeah. that. So I found that age really challenging. Yeah, 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 definitely. And there are going to be some things that are not, you know, exciting, but we, you know, for us or interesting for us. Yes. But it, it's the joy, and I suppose, in the children's, you know, expression mm. and, and their, you know, what they're talking about when they're doing the activity. And, you know, and I like to call it, you know, when we're doing an activity with a child, it's like that sort of three-point conversation where we're not looking directly at the child and talking to them. We can talk to them over a jigsaw, for example, and really good conversation open up. So the activity itself might not be that exciting for us as a parent, depending on what it is, mm-hmm. but, it, but it can open up those really great mindful conversations and connection. But the other thing on that is, um, from a practical perspective, is finding something that you think you both will like, yes. because that will bring more um, joy in a more uh, flowing way rather than trying to sort of find that. Yes. So if you both like cooking, doing cooking together, or you both like kicking the footy, doing that, or jumping on the trampoline. So trying to find those moments that you know that you both will get something out of as well. You're listening to Mum Plus One with me, Joe Stanley, and thanks to Red Energy for making this podcast possible. Red Energy has great value electricity and gas that goes beyond price. Call 131 806 today. Are there people who are naturally just more predisposed to being calmer, more engaged parents. Like I, I look at some parents, I think they've got a they've got a skill I haven't got, <laughs> and and I feel like sometimes I might have to work harder at it, or it's they're working as hard, we just don't see it. Mm. Or it, it well, it, no, nothing's ever as it seems, though. Right? Well, that's it, right. With parenting as mm. well, does it? Um, that's the hard thing I think about being a parent is mm. that comparison that happens a lot, isn't it? Because we always feel that someone else is doing it better or managing better, or, but we're only seeing like the little tip of the iceberg. We don't mm. see everything else that's underneath. Uh, but some people are more naturally calm and more present moment focused, but that's okay. You know, that's part of living that authentic life as a parent, role modelling that authenticity to our children as well. Mm. How can we enjoy being a parent and still discipline our kids? Uh, good question. I think it's just being clear in your mind around where the, the boundaries are. So knowing that before they kind of step on your landmine, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, if you and if you do have a partner, being able to have that joint sort of conversation prior so you know and you're not the only one backing things up as mm-hmm. well. And um, I think that what can 
I suppose not ruin but you know make it the experience not as enjoyable is that whole kind of nagging and yes. pushing of boundaries and kids sniff out in two seconds if your boundary is strong or not so they know and they know your weak points so <laughs> um, you know if you, if you can be strong on particular points then the nagging will stop and all you need to do is just walk away and you don't need to engage in the nagging in the conversation because that's very that's very draining as mm. a parent and then we don't enjoy the parenting so it's actually a really interesting question that you've asked because um, it can be really exhausting if we don't have clear boundaries set as a parent so the, yeah. the more clear we have, the calmer we are as parents, the calmer the kids are too, which then creates a more mindful environment because they know, hey, if I, for example, if I don't get off the screen after the first time I've asked after an hour, then tomorrow I don't get it. And they right. know because you're going to follow through with it, for example. But if they know that they can nag for more screen time and then you argue with them for two more hours around it and then they still get the screen the next day, for example, everyone's exhausted, boundaries haven't been set and there's not much enjoyment in that. I mean, who mm. enjoys arguing with children? No, no one does. And, and, and I guess, you know, discipline and setting boundaries and keeping your kids on track and, you know, you're a little bit of a, a you know, a, a major general in the house. And that, that's not <laughs> no. Playing that role is not fun. No, that's it's not, not enjoyable. It's, not, it's not enjoyable, no. I mean, look, our, our job as a parent is to say no, mm. um, you know, and I always say if you hear yourself saying no regularly during the week, you know, no, tick, no, tick, you're doing a really, really good job, okay? <laughs> you I know, like that. You know, no, no, no. Oh, great, I've said no eight times this week. I'm really on Ooh, track. You yeah. know, there should be an app. You yeah. know they have, like, oh, yeah, that's you know really they have calorie counters? You should have no counters. I really love that. <laughs> you can say, look at me. Tisha, I'm yeah. a model parent. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> i said no five times in the last two hours. <laughs> or if you... If you hear this one, you know you're on the right track, which is you are the worst mother in the whole world. Okay, mm. definitely you're on the right track. <laughs> or if you hear that you are the only dad who doesn't let me, whatever, dot, 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 yeah. great, doing an awesome job. So I think just knowing that kids are going to say, you know, I don't like this and so on, rather than trying to fight it or change it, lessens that frustration around it. Yeah. Like if we're really clear about what we want our kids to do or not to do and the expectations, we can just feel security in that and not have to feel like, oh, should I change this? Should I be changing this because my child's asking for this and so forth? Mm. Yeah, so sort of knowing beforehand and having discussions and support behind the scenes is really important not let it just come to our mind in the moment around it. Yeah. Mm. When we're talking about connection with our kids, what if we... What if we really, and this might sound awful, but what if at times we struggle to like our child? Yeah. You know, in that moment, yeah. like particularly when they get to teenagers and if you're clashing totally. well, personality. that's their job, hey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how, how, do, how do you manage that? Well, I'll put this to you. Do you always like your partner, like all the time? No. Like, <laughs> okay. Not he, I. Trust me. I've seen yeah. it in his face. <laughs> that's right. I mean, so, you know, love doesn't mean that we don't like some things or not enjoying some things, you know. So it's, yeah. that, it's that same sort of philosophy. It's it's about, yeah, I don't really like this behaviour or I don't really like this situation, but it's very separate to the child, mm. to the child and who inherently they are. So, yeah, right now you're really annoying me <laughs> and I really don't like this, uh -huh. And but it, that's very separate to the per, to the child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so not, you know, not seeing the two together as such. Yes. Yeah, like, again, seeing it as transitory. Mm. Mm. And I think too there, there's an element of curiosity too around. Oh, what an interesting 
response you've had to this situation <laughs> and understanding why yeah. that would be, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. And, you know, you can um, use sort of that idea of looking at things like a curious scientist. So mm. see things like a scientific experiment. So you can sort of look at it and go, well, yeah, well, this is a really interesting playing out of this emotion or yes. of this situation or yeah. response uh, rather than being caught in it. Because when we're caught in it, we're often in reaction rather than responding. And so mm. when we're mindful parents or we try to practice being more mindful in our parenting, we can respond rather than react. Yeah. So, you know, there's that little mindful pause in between something that our child's done that's annoying. We don't we don't like that behaviour. It's grating on us. <laughs> and um, and we can pause and see, well, how does that feel in my body? What body sensations am I having with this feeling? What thoughts am I noticing? What urges do I have that I want to say or react mm. that I want to do? So we can kind of have that, that mindful pause, which might be just taking three mindful belly breaths. Yes. Just noticing the breath, feeling the breath coming in and out of the body. So we bring ourselves grounded into the present moment and then we've, we've got a bit of space. So we've got perspective and then we can kind of manage ourselves better. So Never going to be perfect at it, but no. Mm. I mean, it's practice. It is a practice. It's totally That's what I call mindfulness it, a practice. It's actually it, it is a practice. Yeah. It's not about oh yeah, I've got it and I do it really well. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's a way of slowing down your reaction is through breath. And also, you know, being, I guess, an observer of your own reactions. And, you know, it's funny. I've got to an age where, and my daughter is at an age, where I'm doing that thing where you hear yourself say things that your mum used to say <laughs> yeah, to you. Yeah, definitely. Hi. <laughs> I used to have to sit at the table and eat that everything on the plate, you know, That's all right, that sort yeah. of stuff. <laughs> um, and I think to myself, well, if I'm able to observe that, then mm. I should be able to observe my own patterns as well mm. and the things that I want yep. to say mm. and stop them at but, least. But remember, we're always human though. So like you yes. said, it's practice. So it's about just – and the more that we practice it, the more mm. that we get out of it, you know, we, we are able to manage it better. And through those times that we don't manage it, are those beautiful lessons that we can say, wow, I really reacted quickly to that. You know, what was that emotional button with that? Oh, I can really feel that anger or frustration rising or, you know, I was really so quickly – um, you know, swamped into that. And um, mm. so we, we learn from those. So it's not about, oh, I'm not a good parent or I could have done that better or all these other parents being able to do it better mm. because then we just get caught in that whole comparison story, which never makes us feel good. And in and around that, there's got to be some self-compassion. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's missing in parenting a lot. There's just so much pressure now on parents to be uh, happy all the time, loving all the time, attentive all the time, got everything together, giving absolutely everything that we need to our child in any time that they need it, waiting on them hand and foot mm. sometimes, which I call butler parenting, which is just kind of, you know, like, like our children are living in a five-star hotel. Let me get that. I, I shouldn't be doing that. That's a, that, okay, well, that's it's completely no. up to you. That's a no butler parenting. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, this, this expectation to get everything right and... Um, you know, never have emotional reactions because that, that doesn't help our children either for them to see us not have emotional reactions because mm. this is how they learn around how to manage their emotions is to see how we are managing our emotions as well. So we, we need that. They need to see the expression of that emotion. Mm. Um, yeah. So in, this, mm. in, in self-compassion, mm. what does that look like? Because it's a term I've heard a million times. Yeah, what yeah. actually does it look like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's a few, the, the formal practice of mindfulness, like self-compassion, can include even just that physical, like hand on the actual mm. heart, and feeling that sense, you know, in the body, and 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 grounding ourselves into, you know, the the compassion towards ourselves through the actual physical touch, uh, and noticing the thoughts that we have about ourselves, and turning those around to more kindness, and then it starts with us, and then it reaches out to others, so that. Noticing judgment of ourselves, noticing that story that we tell ourselves. Oh, I could have done this better. I could have done that better as a parent. Oh, why didn't I say that? Why did I react this way? Everyone else is doing it better. So noticing that uh, the the self-talk, the negative self-talk, and bringing compassion, kindness, and love to yourself, and then through that, that extends out to others. So that that you know the kindness to others. So I think that self-compassion in parenting is just huge. I think we really need that. Um, you know, and again, you know, working with so many parents over the years, like a lot of parents say to me things like, oh gosh, it's just so nice to sit with other parents and hear other parents about what their experience is like. I know that I'm not the only one now, <laughs> so they can mm-hmm. have more compassion to themselves. So that sort of breaking down of the, the barriers of, of this whole kind of Instagram parent life to, to the reality of of parenting with all its, you know, um, joys and, and difficulties. Um, but that compassion about, you know, that you don't have to get everything right and it doesn't need to look a certain way. I think we're so harsh on ourselves. So harsh, particularly women too mm. as parents, particularly mothers. Yeah, mm. and, and as soon as we're able to be vulnerable with ourselves and each other, then I think that then means that you automatically open up a dialogue mm. that is much more honest and supportive of each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. Yeah, mm. and to see that hey, you're not alone. Whether you know, it's, and that brings more joy into our parenting as well. Yes, you know, like please what, take my kid for a sleepover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's joyful. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But on that, I mean, what you've touched on there is our idea of self care. Mm. Mm. which is so important. And this is a big thing that comes up a lot with parenting is around, is there space for self-care? Because is self-care selfish? Does that mean I'm not a loving parent? Because I think there's this, there's this cultural parenting uh, sort of uh, stage, I suppose, we're going through at the moment, which is around you give everything to your child and you don't have anything left for yourself because that's the most loving parent. That means you're a loving mother. Mm. Where, but this is really quite detrimental. For, for, for so many different reasons, but even from the parents' perspective, it's detrimental because our mental health then is put last. And what we need is like what you just said then is, hey, I need a night out with friends or whatever. Can you look after my child? Or mm. can I go, I'm going to go out for dinner with my husband or I'm going to go with friends or I'm going to go and do a course. Hey, it's okay to have that time for myself. Yeah, and balancing that. Yeah, so I mm. guess if you're giving yourself space to enjoy life yourself, mm. that's going to mean you enjoy parenting more. It is. Because it, it's not realistic. I mean, some people might, and I'm generalising here, but it's not realistic to have 24-7, you know, seven days a week, just parenting and nothing for yourself. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be enough interest, to be honest, there. I mean, not even Mary Poppins that, did that. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Poppins had a day off, I'm sure. But, you know, carving out that time for ourselves and feeling okay with that, it has to be that balance. It has to be. Mm. Yeah. So we've talked about present moment awareness. We've talked about acceptance. We've talked about caring for yourself, self-compassion. What place does gratitude have? 
Mm, yeah, I love gratitude. Yeah, I don't, I'm a real believer in gratitude and having a gratitude practice. I think that um, in, in a really authentic way, even journaling, I love to journal but and I really encourage people to journal, but through journaling and just writing down those things that you are grateful for and really spending, even if it's five minutes, of really tuning into that like today, what was mm. I grateful for? Three great things today. What were three great things just today? Not just generally in our lives because then we start to sort of generalise and we don't really look for the good. And so when we have the gratitude practice, we're set, research shows it only takes about 28 days to start to actually change those neuropathways in the brain to actually start to look for the good. Mm. Now, we're, if we've, we've had a great day, and I'm sure we can all relate to this, we've had a fantastic day, everything, there were so many things that went well, but one tiny thing didn't go well. And what's that thing we focus on at the end of the day or when we're driving home from work? It's that one little thing that didn't go right <laughs> or it stressed us or whatever it is. Um, and that's because the brain is looking for, you know, threat and it likes to stick, you know, with those emotions. But gratitude helps us to look for good. So we're searching for the good and we get into this practice of looking for the good. And the good doesn't necessarily mean there's amazing things. They could just be the tiniest little thing. Yeah. You know, a funny thing our pet does or something that, you know, a, a little smile or a little smirk that our child has on their face that's just so gorgeous that yeah. we look for. Yeah. So, again, it's just that intentionality. It's like so um, looking for, purposely looking for the good. And I think, you know, you might not be someone who is inclined to journal or to write mm. things necessarily, um, and I go through phases of that. And when I'm not sort of a writing phase, I give myself permission to pause in the moment and express gratitude as it's happening. Because, yeah, absolutely. It, like, when it strikes you, totally. it's that two seconds can mm. shift your mood instantly. It does, yeah. It we, really does. It shows that it does as well. That's exactly right. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful thing where mm. I might be just rushing through my kitchen and I'm yep. sick of cooking dinner and, you know, and my daughter comes out and says, Mum, I've drawn a picture. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Like, what a what an instant breaker. It, you know, it's, it's like it a is. circuit breaker. It is, isn't it? Yeah, and mm. it's, a, it's a proven way to boost positive emotion hmm. so by being grateful and the way that we can do that and what you're touching on there is what you call savoring in positive psychology terms which is you know something something's uh really joyful even if it's just um or just something just very beautiful whatever that might be and we really savor it because hmm. we often will just you know rush past these good things good things you know get to the next thing but it's actually about slowing down and savoring that you know, so for example, I know you're having a, your child's having a giggling fit, and you just yes, say there's nothing it. better. There's nothing better. Like there's it's so beautiful. Better than hearing a child laugh. Giggle. Yeah, there's nothing better. <laughs> I, I agree with that. There's actually nothing better than child giggling, and and it's that they're the beautiful, beautiful moments yeah. as a parent, aren't they? Yeah. So you know, it, it it might be just really savoring that, just not moving to the next thing, or just just really being in there or joining in, whatever that might be. And just slowing things right down. So really, yes, yeah, savouring it. And, and that way the brain remembers that positive emotion too, the more we savour it. So I think it would be easy to say it's easier said than done no. because life is so full on <laughs> totally. and we're so stressed. Yeah, totally. But it is actually really simple. We just need to practise these things mm. which are making a choice mm. to slow down, making a choice to mm. savour, making a choice to be present. 
that's really what it comes down to, doesn't it? It is, and it's and then starting with the awareness of it first. Mm-hmm. So starting just being aware of where the mind's going, yes. being aware of those habits of mind, being aware of those urges, you know, of, of taking us to other places to yeah. get things done and to feel like we're in control. And so this starts with awareness and awareness of ourselves without judgment, mm-hmm. and self-compassion. Oh, interesting that I had that really frustrating thought about, you know, my children with that, you know, mm. just interesting, you know, like a scientific experiment. So just having that awareness, curiosity of ourselves and then the practice as well yeah. with that. Yeah. And knowing that we're not going to get it right, let, letting that go that it doesn't have to be right. Mm. You know, that that's one of the biggest things I would say myself as a parent that I've learnt and it took me a while to get there, but to let go of this idea that I had to be this perfect parent. Yes. <laughs> because that, that takes the joy away from parenting. So yeah. as soon as we know we don't have to be perfect, then we just ourselves, loving and attentive, and we're not going to get it all right, then there's the joy in that because yeah. then, we're, then we're just there and we're present rather than our heads, should I have done it this way or that way? We're just, we're just doing, we're just living and being. I love it, Georgina. My mm. number one takeaway really is that I don't need to clean my house. Uh, <laughs> Sign on the front door. I, well, absolutely. Because uh, you're right. Why, why waste time sweeping a floor when you have a Labrador and I could be spending time with my kid? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much. I really feel empowered to enjoy parenting a lot more after oh, our conversation. Oh, good. Thanks for having me, Joe. Thank you. That was Georgina Manning from Wellbeing for Kids and you can find her program Peaceful Parents at wellbeingforkids.com.au. Okay, so none of us are magic like Mary Poppins, but I do think we have a special power and that is to choose. Choose curiosity, choose to breathe and slow things down, to be here now and just forget the to-do list. But as Georgina says... It takes practice and lots of kindness, kindness towards ourselves and others. And I know we need the kindness because I fail at this a lot. But I guess the success is in the trying and in knowing that you can just forget the housework and have fun. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And we'd love it if you could share this podcast with a friend or someone you think might enjoy it. And we'd love to hear about your parenting experiences, the wins and the fails. Jump onto my Instagram at realjoestanley and get in touch. Thanks to Red Energy for supporting this podcast. Red Energy has great value electricity and gas that goes beyond price. Call 131 806 today. If you enjoyed Mum Plus One with Joe Stanley, then check out the other podcasts in the Red Energy Lifestyle series. For all things home design, enjoy Home Style with Shana Blades. Getting the balance of large open spaces is about creating zones within one space and making them feel intimate within that space. Great value electricity and gas. That's Red Energy. Thanks for listening to Mum Plus One with Joe Stanley, part of Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series. Available on your favourite podcast platform and the SEO. This podcast is supported by Red Energy. Powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806.